0: Ohio high school football. It's a juggernaut each and every week. I'm going to take you on an inside look at the high school coaching world. In the world of high school coaching, there is far more than what people see after 7 p.m. on a Friday night. This is The Coach's Approach.
1: Welcome to The Coach's Approach podcast where we sit down with high school coaches and get the cold hard facts about the high school coaching world this is the coach's approach where we talk x's and o's follow us on social media twitter instagram and facebook and subscribe to our youtube channel this is the coach's approach where we talk the x's and o's win the day or dominate the day the choice is yours
0: Hello to all of our listeners and welcome to the Coach's Approach podcast. I'm your host, George Cresco, and I'm absolutely pumped for this show. Um, today in the coach's booth for episode four, Diving In With Dodd, I get to sit down with Eastlake North head football coach, Sean Dodd. Coach Dodd, welcome. Hey,
2: thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah,
0: absolutely. You know, it's, we're getting into East Lake North football today, so it's going to be an exciting one. Uh, Before we get started, I need to shout out our sponsors, uh, Anthony's Family Restaurant on the corner of 91 and Vine Street in Eastlake, uh, where together is our favorite place to be. Open for dine-in, carry-out, and curbside pickup. Also, G&G Printing. Get your custom apparel printed in 7 to 10 days or less. Dominate your design. Speaking of Anthony's Family Restaurant, it's right in Eastlake. Have you ever been there? Yeah,
2: multiple times. Great great little spot there, right in the corner of Vine and 91.
0: Absolutely um getting into your coaching career uh you started your coaching career at euclid high school you were panther from 2000 to 2006 uh can you talk a little bit uh how you wound up at euclid
2: yeah so i was pretty fortunate when i graduated college right when i was still in college i was doing my student teaching and they offered me a teaching position so second week into uh my student teaching i was already offered a teaching job without ever applying or or i was pretty fortunate so once once i got that um I reached out to to Mike Rosola, the head coach at the time and asked about either volunteering for middle school or just helping out in some way, shape or form. Really had no desire to be a high school coach. I always just wanted to be a middle school coach and he offered me a freshman position. Um, so I did that for three years, and then I got the bug once I got going. I was fortunate to coach for Coach Rizzola and a great staff there. And, and that's awesome.
0: So, you get hired right away after student yeah, teaching two weeks. Yeah, I was mean, very, very cool.
2: lucky. You know, I, I when I graduated college, all the baby boomers were retiring, so there were a lot of teachers being hired. And just the school I went into in Forest Park, just that school alone, I went in with, I think, 17 teachers just in that one building in oh, one wow. year, so wow, that's, yeah, so there, that's there was a lot a, of teachers yeah so at was, one time. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Sometimes
0: that's probably a good thing because you had to all hired at the same time, kind of help each other. It was other awesome. Cost, you know? Yeah, it was
2: young staff, uh, both coaching and uh, teaching. It was a lot of fun. That's
0: cool. Yeah. And that kind of brings me into. Um, there was another coach at Euclid at that time that taught there. I think it was the same time you were. It was Jeff Group, but You guys have you guys have coached against each other multiple times. The, the reason I bring this up is because you guys say this term slappy all the time and I, I kind of want to know how that term slappy originated
2: so I'm going to give the credit to that one to Groove mm-hmm. so we so going back to our Euclid days um, we taught together so I taught sixth grade social studies and Groove had seventh grade social studies and we were both at Forest Park together okay and uh, at the time I was coaching at Euclid he was coaching at Mentor so we were rivals on those friday nights for that one week but we we're in the same conference and we'd share a lot of film and sure. ideas and so we were the young guys we were just the slappies <laughs> uh you know freshman coaches and then jv guys and just assistants and so we were together for about 10 years at euclid and we were kind of locked down the library so we can collaborate as teachers and, and uh, have our kids work together and while they were doing that we may have Talked a little bit about football on some of those Fridays together. So, yeah, so, yep, I've known Groove a long time. Up, you know,
0: so when I was coaching with Groove, he would always slap you, get over here. I'm just, so I'm like, I need to know because I knew you guys said the same terms a lot of times. So yeah. I had to ask that.
2: Yeah, I I, I probably stole it from Groove. I'll give Groove all the credit for that one. <laughs> um,
0: after your, your, your years at Euclid, you become an assistant at NDCL High School. Uh, you were at NDCL from 2007 to 2010. Uh, who did you coach under while at ncl byron morgan okay yeah. and that's, what, a that's what i byron thought morgan. i just wanted to ask mm-hmm. Okay. And then was Steve Turingo there when you yeah, were there? Yeah. So
2: there's another crossover with Groob and, and the Kenton staff. So Tango was the DC yep. when I was an assistant out there at NCI. Uh, yeah. And I had to ask
0: that because Steve, Steve's a great guy. He's been around the game for so long. Yeah. He Taught me a lot when I was over at Kenton. Actually, I, I was thinking about after, as I was writing this. I'm like, I need to get him probably on the show. Absolutely. NFL he, he, alum. You know, he's been coaching that yes. at that level. And he
2: probably is. He's probably nearing 40 years of coaching. Yeah.
0: I've, he's got to be up there like with Chuck Howells. Yeah. And so he's he's retiring after next season, Chuck Howells. Yes. Uh, outstanding. Yeah.
2: Tango's awesome. He's one of my favorite
0: people. Yeah. He's a great guy. Um, you were an assistant both at NECL and Euclid, as we talked to, uh, talked about already. You were an assistant for 10 years. Uh, during your time at NDCL, were you gearing up to become a head coach? Is that something that you wanted to be at that time? So
2: once I got to NDCL, yes. So at Euclid, like I said, uh, when I first started off, I only wanted to coach middle school. Uh, I wanted to be around for my kids and and not miss anything. And I knew they were going to be involved in a lot of sports. And um, so there was a a time I was in a clinic down in Columbus and I was at Euclid and I was uh, a varsity assistant at the time. And I was thinking about stepping back and doing middle school. My oldest son, Zach, was about to become uh, a middle school uh, athlete. I didn't want to miss anything. And I'll never forget um, my head coach, uh, Ranger Coach Dan Kakura. He pulled me aside at a clinic and started asking me about future and if I wanted to ever be a head coach. I was like, well, coach, actually I'm thinking about doing the opposite and stepping down and going back towards middle school. I don't want to miss anything for Zach and eventually Ty and Jess will be older. And I don't want to, I don't want to miss anything. I want to be at everything. And I'll never forget. I I give this to a lot of young coaches that kind of go through that same kind of crisis when their kids get a little bit older about missing things. And uh, Coach uh, Kakuras file told me, he's like, listen, before you were a husband or a father or Zach was around or Ty and Jess, he's like, you had own dreams and goals and you're allowed to fulfill those. So that always stuck with me. And that was kind of like a, a light bulb. I think
0: that's pretty good advice from your former coach. You know, I, I talked to my former coach, George Burick, and he'll be on the show sometime down the line. But uh, those are the guys you listen to the most. You're, yes. Especially me and Burick. He's a second father to me. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. He gave you that advice.
2: Yeah. And that's always stuck with me. And that's something I share with everybody. Because it literally was like a light bulb. when Alpha's I was like, you know what? He's right. I can do this um and i might have missed a handful of things and my kids have all played three sports all three of them and yeah i could Between count time, the number yes of the i mean
0: they were playing everything and yeah sport possible so yeah. you're running around yep
2: yeah. so I've, somehow we, we were able to make it work and uh you know now ty's coach with me with and yeah. um,
0: we'll get into that too
2: absolutely yeah. so yeah it's uh, always kind of worked out but yeah once once i got that then i was like you know what i think i do want to do this and Okay. um byron morgan was very very supportive of that and gave me a lot of responsibility that's, coach, a, that's a good head coach, coach work under too. Yes. Morgan he knows his stuff intense he was fun yeah absolutely he was fun.
0: i was at one camp one time with byron morgan i, I didn't even know who coach morgan was at the time i just remember him chewing out one of the coaches it wasn't <laughs> yeah. even a player it was his coach he was Sala not afraid Hinspin. to do that
2: i loved it <laughs> i loved it i really enjoyed coaching with coach
1: morgan
0: so that that leads me to gilmore uh you you land your first head coaching job at Gilmore High School. You were hired at Gilmore in 2011 as the head football coach. Uh, prior to you getting hired at Gilmore, the Lancers were 1-9 and nine overall. Um, then you get hired and you rack up a 21-21 and 21 record over a four-year span. How did you approach building up the, the Gilmore program? It was a struggling program at that time. Yeah, at
2: the time it was. The numbers were real low. There might have been uh, 20, 20 three kids in the program, somewhere around there. And uh they're open and honest with me, like, hey, you know, we gotta take some time to build this, be here for a while and stick around and It just takes some time and we're gonna support you. I was very fortunate to have a great support system from the top down. The school was very supportive of giving me some slack and let me do things my way. Um, Our athletic director, Jeff Walrich was incredible. Uh, He was a fantastic guy to work for and Christy Brewer, who's the assistant athletic director. And I had a great staff that really bought in and they knew we were gonna struggle those first couple of years. Like when we walked in and started looking at film and we started getting out in the practice and stuff like, boy, this is a young, young group. We knew there was some talent, but they were just really young and we got whacked our first season. Yeah. And when we see the guys now, we'll laugh with the kids because <laughs> there's a staff. We watch film and we would be like, man, we might lose 60 to nothing. But the kids, when we were in practice and credit to our staff, our staff was awesome those guys had the kids believing every week they went in thinking hey you know we're gonna we're gonna win this game but as a staffer like oh boy this is gonna be
1: this is gonna be tough but we didn't we didn't let that in with
2: the kids and so we took our lumps and then uh, we really really worked hard with having different camps up at Gilmore to get people on campus it's a beautiful place and once kids step foot on campus they really want to be a part of that Mm -hmm. That's awesome um the parents were very supportive and they're really patient they knew what was happening there and what we were trying to accomplish and then we were able to just get numbers and we were starting to get more and more kids in the numbers built up those young kids that we kind of took our lumps with the first two years became seniors eventually it was a pretty talented group and then the football gods smiled on us and chanel closed and we yeah, got and two of them yeah those are two really really good I football players that. Yeah. That. Yep. So you had those two in the mix and all of a sudden we're in eight and two and we're winning in the playoffs. And, um, so that, that was an exciting time, but it, it took a lot of time. It took a lot of effort. It took a lot of patience. No, and
0: that's always a good thing too, is when you're higher ups, your administration, principal, athletic yes. director supports you and kind of let it do, let, let it run its course and kind of do how you want to do it. Yeah. Case so,
2: in point, our first game, we went out and we lost, I think it was to Beachwood. Um, like 55 or something at Beachwood. It was at Beachwood. You might have been there. I'm
0: pretty sure that's why I, I think I was there because that's what my first year ever
2: coaching was coaching tyler and you're like oh come over and help i think that was the game yeah. I was at. i almost positive yep and Kristy brewer was the uh kind of an interim ad at the time i think they were searching for ads and she was the assistant and she came running over I'm like oh my god here's my first game we have blown out i'm gonna get fired and she came <laughs> up gave me a big hug and she's like please don't quit you need to stick around sure. don't give up on us we told you it would be hard and that kind of gave me a lot of confidence i was like okay at least I know I have the support and, and that really kind of motivated us as a staff a little bit more. And, yeah. and that always um, makes
0: you feel better too. You have that support yes. system behind you. Even when win, lose, draw, it doesn't matter. And then you have that support yeah. system, which is awesome. I thought
2: I was getting canned. <laughs> I thought that was it. One and done. And yeah. there's my career. Where's Coach Kakura and that's that advice that now? Yeah, right. But uh, but it worked out. Yeah, that's
0: awesome. Uh in 2013 and 2014, while I go Gilmore, you had two special seasons. Over those two seasons, the Lancers went 17, 17 and 5. Uh, I always say, after those first two seasons and year three and four, that's where you kind of see the noticeable change in a program. Um, can you talk a little bit about that 17 and 5 span um, in 2013,
2: 2014? Yeah, it, again, it boils back to day one getting hired and having that support, you know, having everybody there believing in the mission and what we're trying to do and our way of doing things. and. Um, you know, everybody uses the kind of term our way, but, you know, we had to be kind of a blueprint that we wanted to follow. And we, there were some talent there. They were just young. Uh, so it was just waiting for those guys to mature and, and get older enough to, to be the seniors and time in the weight room. And um, so we, it starts with the, the support. We have the talent. You know, you're not going to win with, without talent. You got to have a little luck and love. We stayed healthy. That was a big part of it too. Um, An incredible staff that really cared about the kids and, and, and put in the time and um, so that, that first playoff run, it was a very senior heavy uh, team with a, a lot of talent and we knew we were going to be pretty good going into that season, we had a lot of high expectations for ourselves, uh, maybe not too much outside of us but we knew like hey we're, we're, we're pretty good, um, and then that second year. We lost all those guys, so that was like kind of on us. It's the kids that came in under us, and we knew we were going to be really young, and we're like, all right, we're kind of going to go backwards again. We're going to be a really young team, a lot of that's, that's
0: kind of good that you made the playoffs the year prior because it kind of showed what they needed to do to get yes. back to that point.
2: Yeah, kids have to learn how to, how to win and how to compete, and so now they started learning those types of things. And uh, with that young team, we didn't really have huge expectations going into that year four and uh, nobody outside thought I think we had fortune to go eight and two again. Um but Connor Lesko and Jonathan Abrams, they were two sophomores a running back and quarterback that really it did exceptionally well. And uh we got into the playoffs we ran into a buzzsaw against uh Youngstown Liberty, I think it was yeah, at I the time. Liberty, yeah. Uh, yeah, they, were, they well, were. I think
0: it is. Oh, I, I, I Lynn
2: Bowden. Notes. That's all I remember. <laughs> so, uh, if for any of your listeners, look up Lynn Bowden's highlights. Uh, outside of Robert Smith, he's probably the single best player I've ever seen. And really, he single-handedly uh, took Chardon out. His senior, he ended up transferring to Warren uh, uh, Warren Harding.
1: Okay.
2: Uh, so he uh, left Liberty and ended up at Warren Harding, and then went on to Kentucky, then the Raiders um i think he's still in 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 the league now i'm not positive but wow he uh we we're, we're outmatched in that, and
0: that's kind of how I feel. I, I look back at some of my highlight stuff, and I I see Cream Hunt. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this guy's You're just seen... unbelievable. And I, I think I mentioned him in just about every show because I still have nightmares of him running up. The yeah, how did you not? But I was a quarterback, so I'm like, I I had nothing. I couldn't do anything about it. Yeah, so, you run into so, those guys.
2: You know, my playing days, I was fortunate to to, to play against Robert Smith multiple times. And yeah. you don't forget those guys. No, you know, your generation, you guys had Cream Hunt. Yeah. And, um, our little Gilmore guys got fortunate to see. Uh, yeah, Lynn I was say,
1: yeah, <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Google him; he's uh, his highlights are crazy.
0: funny. As I said already, in 2013 and 2014, he went seven and five. You broke all all the school's offensive records. Uh, then you go to the playoffs, back to back playoff births, um, and you and you uh, earned yourself a 2012 Coach of the Year award. How special was that award to you?
2: Yeah, it really meant a lot to us as a staff. For me, those are staff awards. I know they kind of put out one person's name, and, and that's truly not just coach talk and trying to be polite and humble. I mean, I, I really believe that it, it takes a staff, as you know, it's not Absolutely. one person doing any of that. So our, our staff worked incredibly hard. And to go where we were when we got in at Gilmore, when they were back to back, one win seasons. Um, to to now back to back playoff teams and breaking records and our staff winning a coach of the year award it was it was awesome anytime you do anything like that for a first time that was the first place I was ever a head coach and be able to, to get that award in year three I think it was it was it was it was pretty yeah pretty no, awesome. that would have
0: been your third season at Gilmore, mm-hmm. which is that's pretty cool I mean year three you you know before you got there they were one and nine one and nine and you have your two years where you, you're trying to build up the program and year three, you go to the playoffs. Like that's pretty cool. And yeah.
2: And there's a lot of self doubt when you, when you're going through all that, you know, that first year, I I think we went one and nine, our first year and like, boy, am am I capable of doing this? Am I cut out to do this? Am I smart enough? Am I knowledgeable enough? Am I working hard enough? Like I might be in over my head. And then you get to that year and you all that hard work pays off. And like I said, there's some luck with being healthy and, and that type of thing. But the, the talent, you know, you, you have to have the talent. So the kids get the credit for, for being good athletes. Um, but the school stuck with us. You know, they, they, they gave us the opportunity to get to that point.
0: That's great. So I kind of want to tell you a little story. So when you were coaching at Go More, I was a senior in high school. And um, this is kind of how we first met. Whether you remember it or not, there was an all-star game, the Senior Bowl, New Seattle All-Star Game at Mentor High School. Yes. I quarterbacked the game. You were on George Burek's staff. So I've, we actually won that game. Uh, we won 23 to 13. I actually have the game ball from that game. That's so I just awesome. kind of want to bring up that little story. I thought it was kind of cool, but yeah. I, I didn't know if you remember I, that. Yeah, hundred
2: percent. I remember. Yeah.
0: So I, I was uh, just coming off my shoulder surgery and that was actually my first time I really threw a football competitively in a game. And I remember you actually coached me a quarterback, I believe in that game. So I just want to bring that up a little funny story. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No, I remember vividly. I remember meeting uh, with, uh, coach at his house he's got like a theater room i oh, sure yeah, no, there no, yeah, oh, yeah so we had a, a little meeting there and i think if i remember coach duff might have been an assistant on the team um i think duffy was coach, on the
0: opposite team actually so it was actually team? all east lake north staff and then and i think it was you and your offensive coordinator now our quarterbacks coach
2: okay maybe coach badner good coach Bednar. Bednar. think of his name so okay. yeah
0: so he was there i think it was all north guys coaching on a staff against the gibbons the uh Madison coach at the time. So it was okay. like an all-star lineup staff versus all season. So I thought that was kind of cool to bring. Yeah, up.
2: I absolutely remember coaching that and coaching you in it. Yep. absolutely. Know,
0: we were actually, based on the talent on the teams, we weren't supposed to win that game. We actually won 23 to seven, I think I said. So I just wanted to bring up that story. Yeah, that's 40.
2: awesome. I appreciate you sharing yeah, that.
0: Yeah. So let's get into what the people are looking forward to. Eastlake North football. Um, home of the Rangers, the orange and black. Um, uh, you take over East Lake North's football program, you get hired as the head coach in 2015. Uh, you are also an East Lake North alum. Uh, you graduated from North in 1991. I wasn't even born yet, so <laughs> I could, How does that make you feel, coach? Uh,
2: not good, not good at all.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, can you talk a little bit about the pressures you sometimes might feel coaching your alma mater or just the burning drive you might have just because you want to win there so bad. Can you talk a little bit about that?
2: Yeah. Um, as far as like uh, pressures, very similar with Gilmore. I I'm, I'm incredibly supported by our athletic director, Dennis Riley and Eric Fry and Dr. Thompson in the district. They, they've been fantastic. And um, so there aren't any outside pressures in, in that sense, besides obviously wanting to do well and represent the district and, and those sorts of things. Um, I, I think as coaches, we, we put more pressure on ourselves than any outside forces. So I I always had that burning desire to win and compete. Like you said, it is important for me to try to get this program going. And we're still working towards that, that goal of winning and winning consistently and making the playoffs consistently. And I know that the whole thing has changed a little bit, that dynamic of how many teams get in, but um, probably a little bit more pressure um, being an alum living in the community than it was at Gilmore, but it's internal. Like I, it's not uh, put on me by by an outside um, pressure, uh, except for my buddies. All my buddies I graduated with, uh, uh, we're, we're pretty group.
1: What close the hell group. are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> I
2: get I get that stuff a lot. Um, they, they all come to the game, which is awesome. They support. And I'm uh, fortunate to have those, those friends for such a long period of time. But, yeah, they'll, they'll definitely ride me a little bit. Yeah, man, um, you're always
0: going to get that from your buddies. Yeah. Uh, no matter when, win, lose, or draw. You can win a game by two points. Well, you should have won by 14. We, we, we can go win a
2: state title, it. and we won't win <laughs> by enough for those guys. So they, they do it more just to kind of bust my chops.
1: Sure.
2: Um. But, uh, yeah, probably, probably a little bit more pressure than, than if I was at a school – outside of North only because it, it does mean so much to me being an alum, um, all my kids went there. And like I said, my buddies being there. So, yep, for sure.
0: Cool. So you, you live in the school district, uh, Willoughby Lake School District. You're, you're essentially an East Lake man. Your kids have grown up here went to school here. Un- un- unfortunately, in 2016, tragedy struck your family. You lost your oldest son, Zach. Uh, he passed away at the age of 23. He was serving in the US Navy. Um, In an article I read, uh, you said it's a battle you fight and struggle with each and every day. Um, How important was it for you after tragedy struck your family to get back to some type of normalcy and back with the, the the coaches in the coach's office to get back to the weight room to get back with just the guys on your team how important was that
2: yeah that was huge um i, I remember uh the whole, the whole process and everything vividly and uh exactly how it all played out and um it, it, it'll always be a battle every single day you know there's something like that you know going through adversity yourself it's it's not an easy thing but um i think i took uh i think it was three weeks is when I ended up uh, being away. We were, we were lifting at the time. It was in the spring. It was April. So we weren't involved in practice or anything. And um, I think uh, my son Ty would have been a, a junior um, at, at the time. I, he might have returned back to school lifting before I did. But one, it was important for me, just for me personally, to get back into a routine and some normalcy um, and, and and start working through the grieving process and and getting back to, to normal life. But it was also a, a kind of, thought of, I I need to show my own children how you have to overcome these things. Like it would be, I I could just curl up into a ball and people like it's okay and give sympathy and those types of things. And I I didn't want that to be the example for my own children, Uh, but not only for them, but also for my players, you know, everybody kind of watches to see how you're going to react when you're in those kind of uh, spotlight positions as a coach and as a father. And so I knew I had eyes on me on how I was gonna react and respond to the situation. And, um, you know, I didn't try to hide anything or fake anything. I cried often in front of the kids, Um, you know, I'm not not afraid or ashamed to do that, to break down. And um, I I wanted the kids to see me going through that process. I wanted to see them, have them see me kind of overcoming that type of thing and working through that. Um, And and just being that support system, you know, a ton of support at home with my family and with friends and, um, you know, outside. Uh, of that also. But it was also important to be there for that support um, and uh, try to try to focus as best I could. Looking back, I I was not focused. I I, looking back as a boy. I I did a pretty bad job coaching, um, you know, right, wrong or indifferent. um, But I was definitely distracted uh, for for that year or so. Um, But it was it was definitely important to get back and be a part of it, you you know, as a coach, as a player, um, doing what we're doing right now, just being a part of something Helps you get through those things.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm going to mention the story too that you kind of brought up. In 2012, my brother was killed. He was in the line of duty. He was a Willoughby police officer in a Cleveland Clinic police officer. But the morning after my brother's death, I actually found myself uh, attending a JV, North football game, um, that Saturday morning. And that's because I wanted to be around the people that I knew cared about me the most. So I just kind of want to share that story. Um, and I also want to say, uh, all the first responders everyone in the military and I thank you for what you guys do every day. Um, coach, you also had the opportunity to coach your youngest son, Tyler, which is a pretty cool situation for you, but I, I kind of wanted to ask, is that a blessing to coach your son or was it difficult at certain times? Uh, can you talk a little bit about that?
2: Yeah. So actually for, for both my boys, um, Zach went to NDCL, uh, to begin with. So coach Daringo and, uh, <laughs> I coached Zach I at uh, that, yeah. NDCL, Yeah, so I was able to coach Zach at NDCL. I remember we used to
0: give him Zach crap because he was yeah. on NDCL. I was like, Oh, you're following your dad. Yep. You know? <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. so I was able to coach him. Uh, and then Ty uh, started with me at Gilmore, and we gave him the option when I accepted the job um, at North. To said, Ty, you, you make the decision. You can stay here at Gilmore or you can come to North. We'll let you decide that. And he said, well, Dad, I want, I want to come play for you. Uh, I don't know if he'll repeat that now but at the time that <laughs> he thought it was a good idea but yeah so he he came over and was uh, able to coach him and um he was so easy to coach um because as you know Ty, you coach I me mean, he's a pretty quiet reserved guy sure. um he's not going to complain even if he wanted to say something bad or He'll turn around was, and walk away from yeah,
0: see him complain. 100% <laughs>
2: so he he's not one that's going to get combative with me but um we we would communicate a lot especially in the off season about how we're going to handle the seasons and, and those types of things. And we left football at football. So when we got in the car, we got home, people always assume like, Oh, do you guys just sit and watch football? I don't know if I've ever sat and really watched yeah. a football game with Ty with Ty, it's dad and son. And when he was a player, he was always a position with somebody else. I didn't really cross paths with them too much as a player. Um, and in games I, I was there, but I didn't really get to watch him play. I was trying to really focus sure. on the and our staff did a great job of that too. Um, nobody, we want to make sure that we've had, I think, five different coaches' sons play for us over the years. So uh-huh. we've really worked hard at that dynamic of not allowing that become a thing, and our, our staff has done a great job with that. That's, um,
0: that's kind of cool because now you guys cross paths once again in the coaching world. Your son Tyler's now on
2: your staff at north is that pretty cool coaching together yeah it's 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 pretty awesome so for for i was just talking to uh, coach fellenstein who says hello Uh, i I will absolutely uh we were just talking about you know raising kids and going back to uh beginning of our conversation about missing things well my kids have always been a part of everything i've done with coaching uh they were ball boys and my daughter was a ball girl and water girl and then i coached both my boys and my daughter broke my heart in middle school she was like uh i don't i don't want to be on the the sideline. i want to be up in the stands with my friends now so that that broke my heart but they've always been at practices and um so once just graduated north there really wasn't like a an attachment anymore for my kids to me coaching anymore nobody's a student there playing for me so ty uh brought up the idea of coaching and wanting to get involved which was a complete shock to me it's something i never thought he would want to do i never thought he had an interest in it right. but um i was ecstatic about it i was super excited and i tried to keep it low-key i didn't yeah. want to influence his decision or anything um but inside i was like exploding with joy like man this would be awesome if yeah. ty decides to do this and cool. yeah so yeah so he uh put in his work for the first year and did a great job and I, I told him i said you somebody gave me advice years ago about just be yourself don't try to be another type of coach and, Ty and I have completely different personalities. He's very low key. Mm -hmm. He's a thinker and um, I'm a little bit more emotional and rah, rah and and, and that type of thing and intense. Um, So I said, don't, don't try to emulate anything I do. You're a completely different personality. Just do do
1: what you,
0: you know, do your own personalities. And And he did. You become the coach that you you
2: want to be. Yep. So, yeah, so I was, I was Mm -hmm. proud of him for that. And he would offer suggestions and when we would shoot him down, he knew how to handle that. part. That's part of it, you know. Um, So, yeah, he did a great job. And uh, um, I know he plans on continuing doing it. And uh, selfishly, I'd love to see him stay involved. I think he's good for kids and good for community and cares about North. And uh, so it's uh, worked out well. And selfishly as a dad, I I loved it. But we don't even go home, even as a coach, we don't really talk about game film. And I kind of leave him alone and let him come to me because I don't bug my other coaches anymore. (laughs) So I'm not going to bombard him with it either.
0: Uh, my first year as a volunteer coach, as I mentioned before, I actually had the opportunity to coach your son, Tyler, too. My first year coach at Willow Middle School with Clendenning and Bubonics and those guys. Um, and that's kind of where we met again as coaches. Um, you, we mentioned already, too, I was you got hired at um, – Gilmore. And that's where I kind of hung around and watched you how you guys kind of did stuff on Friday nights and Saturday mornings when you guys would play. Um, That leads me to Norris first ever playoff appearance in 2017. Um, Can you talk a little bit about that playoff team and that senior class and how you guys kind of got to that playoff game?
2: Yeah, so we uh, – that that was crazy. You, know, you talk about, you know, luck and, and staying healthy and, and that type of thing. So this was the complete opposite. We we came in with some high expectations for us as a staff going in that, in that year. We had some talented kids with Jake Tansky and Brad Burroughs, Kenny Strabb. Yeah, I was going to say, Ty I, you and, had some great kids in that
0: senior class. Four that I was going to say is Klein, Hens, Burroughs, Strabb, yes. and then your son Tyler. Those are the guys I kind of remember um but yeah it's
2: just a great class yeah they? yeah they're so talented and so we <laughs> we get into uh we go through seasons a week uh, one through four And by the time we got to week uh, i want to say it was week five we had i think it was literally 22 kids out going into that game we loved, like joe mm-hmm. ginter kyle anderson some of the kids that you coached that were yeah kyle
0: joe i remember all those those guys. are all
2: conference college football player type kids and we, didn't, we literally went into the south game we literally didn't have a running back we used um my son tyler who wasn't a running back besides, <laughs> no, like he's not. no, he's yeah. not yeah <laughs> maybe when he's eight he might have ran with the ball and uh so we we, we ran a, a louis severino who was a, a corner we, we just tried different guys and it just didn't work out and i'll never forget after that game we were one and four and we pulled the seniors in it was just me and the seniors that closed the door and i said guys listen are, are, are we this bad? I know we've got some injuries. We've got to find a way, but if, if we're this bad, just let me know and I'll back off. If not, I'm going to push you guys harder. And I'll never, in Louis Severino, still be his coach. We're never going to lose another flipping game. And sure as heck, they, those guys, they, they ran the table the rest of the year. And um, we end up, uh, I think we, the first one might have been Riverside. But then we went in, uh, we were at home versus brush and
0: they were we, putting up we video played game. You're at home, yes. you Northern. you guys were still banged up a little bit at that time. And we barely beat you guys. That tells you how yes. good of a team you guys had without, Dangerous guys playing. We yeah. I think we won 2118 or yep, something. Yeah, it was a close it was a game. Shootout. Because yep. I remember both Burroughs and Kleinhands were blitzing A gap and blitzing hard. I remember <laughs> our guards after the game were like, what the hell? This could just hit us because they blitzed when they came, they blitzed hard.
2: Yeah, yeah. Those were, those were great kids. And thankfully those two stayed healthy the whole time. Um, because those are smart kids, tough kids, leaders. That class was just awesome. But yeah, so they uh they figured it out. We we adjusted some things, we kind of came up with uh uh Called it a gimmicky offense um we literally called it Prussian arcs because we put it in for that game they <laughs> were scoring like 50 points a game and we were like how the heck we had to play keep away and we were able to pull that game off and gave the kids a lot of confidence and um we finished out the season six and four after starting off one and four and we get into the playoff game we're down yeah, 22 nothing
0: yeah and the
2: kids tied it up and we lost with 40 seconds yeah i, I
0: remember that You guys had a chance to potentially win, if I believe. I remember Tansky. Yes, we had a
2: chance at the end. Even that game, we lost another. So, Louis Severino, our corner, went down that game. Mm -hmm. We put in our quarterback, Jake Tansky, at corner. First play, they hit a touchdown. So, yeah, it was uh, just one of those crazy – those aren't excuses. It's just the way the season played out. Um, But what a a great group of kids. And, again, year three, um, kind of like Gilmore. Sure. so we were fortunate to be blessed with a, a great senior class that just.
0: And Burroughs, I, I went on to play at Lake Erie, I believe, and had a pretty good career. Oh, uh, Mercyhurst. Or Mercyhurst, yeah. that's what it was. I mean, it was a green school. I did. Yeah, All-American. <laughs> so Kenny close,
2: yeah. Strub just earned All-American at oh, uh, Ohio that's awesome. Western. That's awesome. Good yeah, so guys. talented kids.
0: Yeah, and those are kids that worked hard, and they deserve everything they've gotten up to this point. Yep. Um, the year you guys made the playoffs at Norse, you also earned the Division II Coach of the Year. Uh, you win the award once at Gilmore, and then – now at North, but what did that mean to you to win the coach year at your alma mater?
2: Um, it, the, the first one was probably a little bit more, uh, I don't, don't want to say meaningful. I don't, I don't want to take anything away from the, the second one. The second one, not even so much as just being at North and, and being alone, but it was just a, a, and still is just a great appreciation of the kids that year because of the adversity. Uh, we also had uh, two of our kids that year lost their dads, two of our senior leaders, Um, That season, like I said, we had a a lot of guys with injuries, uh, season-ending ACL type things. Um, So it was just a rough year. And for those guys to be able to overcome that, you know, I have a great, I have more pride in them just doing those types of things. The coach of the year, that's great, but that's a byproduct of what the kids did, of their resiliency, Uh, you know, the staff believing and not giving up after starting off one and four. and. You know, you know, as a coach, you face you start off one and four, and you have all these guys hurt. It's easy to just Especially kind of make when you're excuses. going to those conference games, yes, too, you know, yeah, yeah, and you're still looking at Mayfield, yeah, Chardon, so Riverside. At I mean, WRC.
0: You guys run into that's, yeah, uh, that's a every week, yeah, <laughs> so
2: it
1: was
2: uh, it was it was, it was neat. I, I, I'm sure I got emotional that week 10 when we clinched, and everybody stormed the field, and Ty was a senior. Uh, my daughter was enrolled in, she was a sophomore or a freshman, so she was a student there, so she got to be a part of it in that sense, so it was cool as a, as a family, but um, in retrospect, the the pride is on the kids, not not the award, them overcoming all of that and stuff was,
1: Absolutely. it was, it was,
2: it was a, a special, special
0: year. Oh, that's, that's awesome um coach you've ran uh multiple different offenses over your time at north and I, I joke with you all the time about this uh you were spread at one time and then flexbone look at other times uh can you talk a little bit about the evolution of offenses that you've kind of been through
2: yes yeah, so we've adjusted a little bit with talent um we were pretty much spread, and uh mostly gap scheme some zone but more of a gap guy and so we we run a lot of gap scuff stuff and then uh Looking at we, what we knew we had coming up in, in our personnel and uh, bringing in Brian Biggie, um, who's John Carroll, coached there for a long time. And uh, his brother was a head coach at West Jesuit for a while. And so, you know, we were talking about, you know, conference and what can make us competitive, excuse me. And uh, how, how do we um, kind of plug some of the holes that we have coming in these next couple of years? We uh, spent a lot of time researching and studying the flex bone and Biggie knows that um, he's coached in, uh, in that offense in uh, the Columbus area for a long time in his uh, earlier high school years before he was coaching at, at John Carroll and really sold me the idea. And I love the flex I think it's a fantastic offense. And um, so we dabbled in that for for two years and uh, shame on me. I, I think I just made it a little bit too complicated, complex, with puts a lot on the quarterback the way we did it, um, which again is my fault, not to the kids or the staff. And uh, but by doing it, I think we lost the kids' belief and faith in it. And then seeing what we had coming back uh, this well, I was past say, season. In the
0: flex bone, it's not an offense you can give up on. You know, it's, it's you got to continue to yes. have success and rep and rep, 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 Yeah. It's not an easy one to run. No, it's well, not. If you look at Shard, and luckily they run it. Well, there's a variation, but. They run it yeah, same ideas, like you know, same concepts. You know, they run it since four years old, you know. It's, yeah. so it's a little different.
2: Yeah, and that's the, the other part is, um, and this isn't a, a knock or an insult, but then trying to get, like, you know, middle schools and youth and trying to get all that up and running and change everybody's systems, and it just became a, a test that was like, okay, the time we have to invest in this, are, are we going to get the buy-in at all levels from our own kids, from our own right. staff? And people started to waver a little bit, and um, and then looking at what we had coming up, Uh, We just felt we were better off going in a different direction. And um, I still love the flex bone. So anybody running it or looking to run it, I think it's a fantastic offense. It's not that the flex bone is bad. Um, I just think I did a bad job of implementing it into the program. Uh, So it was just time for us to to move in a different direction.
0: Absolutely. And that that kind of brings me in. You mentioned it's about your personnel and the guys, what offense you're going to run. You've had some monster linemen in recent years with Ryan Bear being one of them. Uh, Ryan Bear is a six foot seven, three hundred and twenty pound lineman. He's had many Division one offers. He's now committed to the University of Pittsburgh. Can you talk a little bit about the recruiting process and how that went with Ryan?
2: Yeah, it was easy once uh, <laughs> once anybody stepped on campus and saw how big he was as a <laughs> freshman. Um, it I still just drives me not staying the next one he, he laughs he's got a deep voice and likes to call me shorty and lean yeah. on me and god so it just frustrates me but uh yeah so ethan Spoth, we had uh, ethan Spoth the year before him
0: i believe he went to toledo Toledo,
2: yeah so he's uh at toledo and he'll do great things there and um so when i started reaching out to schools i'm like hey i've got these two young guys i have a sophomore and a freshman that are just giants and Spath uh was a quarterback and tight end, so he was pretty athletic. They yeah. grew into alignment. Yeah. Um, Bear was just
0: coming. I remember in. at one of my first quarterback camps that I ran, Ethan came in as a yes. quarterback. It was like a seventh grade quarterback, and then he turns into a three hundred pound, Master. six foot four,
2: just him yep. you Now I mean, he, he's just shredded. He yeah. looks awesome. He okay. looks great. So I'm really proud of him. And but yeah, so uh, once I had schools coming in, they're like, eyeball test, like, oh yeah, coach, these kids are obviously going to be on the radars and. Um, I'll never forget Minnesota came in and Ryan was sitting in the office and like, coach you said that, I think it was a freshman I think at the time we had him at six five, six six. 66 6 coach kind of had him stand up and he stood up and then coach went home and walked over and goes okay we'll be back in to see and this <laughs> before he even played varsity and uh, so those guys were one they were born with certain gifts you know you don't get to those levels without being born with certain things, and they know that and they're appreciative of it um, and they're aware of it, but they have worked extremely hard. I mean, they, they are not just lucky with the... people say they're lucky, they're not lucky. They They have earned... Everything that they I
0: follow both those guys on Twitter and I, they're always in the weight room. They're in the weight room. They're bringing guys and those are the guys you want around a program. Yes. Those guys guys drag other kids
2: in the weight room. 100%. They've done everything we've ever asked. They've go and do more. They do all this extra stuff on their own. They're 3.0 plus GPA guys. Uh, You know, they're where they're supposed to be when they're supposed to be there to steal a coach quiet line. (laughs) Um, You know, they just do everything the right way. They both handled the process the right way they're very respectful they both had uh great support systems with their families their families never had any expectations there were never any certain wants they just let the the process play itself out um and i they really both found the best fit for them uh they weren't chasing logos they weren't looking for promises or playing time or expectations it was where am i going to fit in the best and have the best experience um, and you know Ryan landed at Pitt and uh, Ethan at Toledo, and I couldn't be more proud or happy. Of those two, they, no, they did. It was it was exciting for us as a program, and we've had every school in the country uh, come through the last four years, and now they'll continue to come through uh, because we're fortunate to have some guys, um, you know, to be able to play at that ability. We've got some guys now that they get some looks, and they've been out at some visits. Uh, with Curtis Thomas and Rianti Lowry, just to name a couple. Uh, You know, they've already been out to to West Virginia and Toledo and Kent. So we're starting to get that uh, traction at North. Um, So it's been fun. It's been exciting. And uh, a lot of people don't like it and the stress and all that, but those two kids made it so darn easy for me. Um, All I had to do was make some phone calls, some emails, (laughs) and, you know, they handled everything else. Yeah,
0: right. Now, getting, I'm gonna get into the north south, North South rivalry. Will be East Lake, East Lake North, or I'm sorry, Will be South East Lake North. I don't know how I messed that up just now. I'm <laughs> um, getting excited because this is kind of getting fired like, up. Yeah, getting fired up over here. Um, there are many things that make this game so dang unique and so dang competitive. Um, you have two high schools in one school district, which is unheard of. Uh, separ- separated by essentially one street, a mile long in SOM Center 91. Ah uh, the Civil War, the border battle is what it's called now. i I'm I, I still always called civil War. I don't care. Um, can you talk a little bit about the rivalry because you've played in it mm-hmm. and now you're coaching it. Can you talk a little bit about it?
2: yeah, I think f- from from being a player to where it is now and I, I, this is one that comes comes up a lot and I've had a lot of time to actually think about it, that it, it is it has really changed over the years in uh, the fact so like when when I was growing up, um, and I sound like all the old timer. Right? I don't know how I became that guy uh, in, in this phase of my, my career. But so you had like uh, East Lake baseball, or East Lake basketball, or East Lake youth football, and Willoughby had theirs and Willowick had theirs. And you had those built in rivalries as kids. And then you had the middle schools. Nowadays, all these kids, they all play travel together. So they're all friends. They, they, they don't have, they're not competing their whole life. So like when we were growing up, and I don't know if it was exactly the same field, no, but that's we, the exact
0: same way. That's why I'm getting fired up over. Yeah, there. <laughs> we
2: competed against Willby and everything. Like, yeah. you know, baseball all-stars, it was against Willoughby All-Stars. And yep. so you you had that the, the, the kids don't have that anymore. The, the the baseball guys are teammates in the summer, but then they compete in high school. And same thing with basketball. And most of our football guys are multi-sport guys, so they play on other teams with the South guys. So it's nice in the fact that. We don't really have any uh, any issues or, or problems. We don't have any nonsense going on. I guess. Um, I think there's probably more of it when I when I was playing in the oh, yeah. 80s and 90s. You know, there's a little bit more of uh, um, animosity. And I don't want to say hate. We didn't hate those guys, but you know that. <laughs> you know that. Speak week, for yourself. Coach. Yeah, we didn't really. Uh,
0: we didn't really. See, you you can't say it because you
1: work. At no,
2: work but but <laughs> but it's true. Like they, in, in yeah. social media, they're buddies on social and media yeah. and um duff and i left because duff is a, a good friend we talk often and um duff if you're listening i know i call you back so i'll call you back <laughs> uh, but um our guys so um ira and curtis ira plays for south and okay. curtis for us and ira's a stud and those guys will be training and running up at north and ira just come to our coach's office and hang out and give me a hug and so that that dynamic is cool Like that's a neat sure. thing you know that week obviously you know we can't stand south south can't stand us and we want to destroy those guys and but outside of that week we don't have any sayings or paintings or and it's not a district thing that's just a a my philosophy thing. um week one is the most important and then week two and we don't get any more points or less points for beating or losing the south but that week it's a big deal uh and it's a huge deal for the community i mean we we still get three five thousand fans it's packed it's sold this year was sold out um, you literally could not get into the stadium and we didn't like uh, lower the numbers because of COVID or sure. restrict anything um, so I mean it was a complete sellout which was awesome and uh, Duff and I talk all season long multiple times throughout the week and he's a, he's a good friend yeah I
1: mean
2: Duff's awesome you know and I, I uh, teach in the buildings I'm, I teach in the middle so I'm with Tamba. Who's a North alum? But is you know coaching at South and Cal Men, um, who I, I know is a, a fan of the show and uh, did some coaching and, and all those types of things. So I teach with those guys and have a different type of relationship with them. Um, so I know I'm giving you a long-winded answer, but it's not what it was when we were growing up. It's still huge for the community and the parents, and and right. we still have all the the rivalry. Uh, things going on the pep rally stuff yeah, pep rally which drives me great, crazy yeah it's great for the kids it <laughs> stresses me out um but
0: especially you lose your voice at a pep rally as a coach then you have yeah, to the game. Like,
2: yeah not- in that game you obviously want to win it yeah. like it means more that week like but man i really want to win that game yeah. i don't want to lose the south and be that guy and that type of thing so it's huge that week but for me there's there, there's not much else other than that week um, with you.
0: when we were kids like you just grew up like i had older brothers that did not like south it was just it was stained in my head yes. growing up so like i grew up and i i didn't talk to will be south kids but now it's so definitely you mentioned social media yes. instagram twitter facebook they're always talking yeah now.
2: they're buddies they're hanging out which which is awesome you want yeah. to see that dynamic um you, and the the rivalries there. Like that game, it's important sure. for both sides. Like, don't get me wrong. They're friends and they're buddies, but that week, they they, they do not want to lose. That's the
0: bragging rights. Yeah.
2: And then maybe I look at it differently. Maybe because they are friends, maybe it does mean more to those players than maybe I perceive as the coach because they are close with those guys. Right. They don't want to lose their buddy. Um, just a different dynamic, but it, it's still a huge game and you don't want to lose it. Yeah.
0: And in 2018, who broke a 16? um 16 year streak of losing to south um you beat them in 2018 how special of a moment was that to break that streak yeah that so was, it was good, a long good. time coming
2: yeah so that at that point um i think that was year three or four for us um when, when we got it so we kind of inherited yeah, in that year three yeah so we we, we we inherited that i didn't lose all those right. uh, we haven't had much luck against south right. but um but yeah that was that was a a, a little bit of a, a stress so that one there was a little bit of stress like but boy, boy we gotta get this thing we gotta win one of these things or at least end that so there was that so that was uh, a a little bit of a relief on that one um yeah there, there that, that that was definitely nice to get that one
0: and you bring the helmet back north south and went back to south how special that was to the players because that hasn't been done since i believe it was 2002
2: yeah so the, the the kids the school like everybody i got a ton of emails from teachers and and uh you know because they, they've been there for a, a long part of that some of those teachers for all of those and um so that was fun and exciting and uh not only that but then the next year we ended up uh was a 10-7 game then the the next game we lost in overtime so we kind of got that back this year duff took it to us a little bit so we we gotta get back on track but um it's become a really competitive game again uh so so that dynamic's fun but yeah bringing the helmet back was fun and exciting and um like i said probably more so for for the kids and the teachers and and that type of thing for me it was just like a, a relief okay now we're not gonna get ready for that next game and let's get back on track here and
0: We've talked about this next uh, part before, and I, I'm not even sure if you're going to be allowed to talk about this or not. And Willoughby Eastlake has school borders between Willoughby and Eastlake. Uh, which kids go to what school? Um, there is a section in city in the city of Eastlake where they get to pick if they want to go to south or north, even though you live in Eastlake. Uh, and that fires me up still to this day. We've talked about this can you talk a little bit about that? I'm not sure if you're allowed to, but I want to put you on the spot either. Yeah,
2: I'm going to probably avoid all that. But yeah. I, uh, But uh, in, in a nutshell, um, yeah, some of the kids have, have some choices and stuff. That's above my pay grade. Uh, like I tell my staff, and even the same exact thing at when we were at Gilmore, um, and I didn't care what, what school you're at, when, when people say, you know, like private schools, oh, they recruit, they steal kids, well, in my mind, I've got to give kids a reason to either come to me if they're a middle school kid or stay with me if they are my kids. So that's one of the things that we talk about as a staff, whether it's a district thing or going to a private school, like guys, we got to give them a reason to to come here and want to be a part of this. Wins are part of it, but giving the kids a great experience is what they're really after. They want to know you're going to care about them and and have fun. And we've been fortunate. Our numbers have been pretty good. Um, So we do have a lot of kids involved and we really don't lose kids whether um, it be to, to another public school or private school, uh, we've been pretty fortunate to keep the, the majority of our kids. Um, and same thing when we were at Gilmore, if we were going after a kid and he ended up at another school, it wasn't like, oh, you know, that that school's like, no, what didn't we do
0: right, to get that on, kid?
2: Yeah, what, what are we missing um, that to make them want to be a part of this? Um, and it, it sounds like a, a PC answer, and partly because those decisions... Sure. mind to make but that's also the truth i mean that we literally have those conversations as a staff even if a kid wants to quit like i take it personally like why what why didn't we yeah, why? give that kid such a good experience that he wouldn't want to leave type of thing Absolutely. so I, I take that stuff a little bit more Personal in the sense of okay, how do I do a better job as a as a coach and, and as as a coach you then, i mean dude,
0: At the end of the day, we're here for the kids. We're coaching right, kids. So why would you want to leave? What did we do that we could have done better? Yep, so. absolutely. And over your ten year coaching at North, this is kind of a generic question. Uh, what has been your favorite about coaching at North? It could
2: be anything. Oh, that that's it's it's the relationships with the kids. I mean, I and that's that that is. I love being around these guys. Um, I think they know that. I, I hope they know that. I hope that. Uh, comes across to them how much I care about them and not just me but our staff our staff does a great job of building rapport and relationship with the kids and um, I still like uh, we just had our alumni game um, a couple of weeks so, ago so we man. were looking I, for you I, I
0: couldn't attend and I'm still undefeated in you're, that game so I don't care you're on the QB I'm one so Chad and I was, and Tansky I was and so, so upset again. I couldn't
2: make it yeah. yeah, so we uh, so I i love that. So, so getting out there with the guys, and I don't play anymore as an alum, I'm not, I'm not doing that anymore.
0: <laughs> I us say, I think year one that I was, year there. one, I and did, you're, it, you're, you're
2: playing for Yeah, me. I'm uh, I'm done doing that. I gotta get up the next day. Um, uh, but I i love that. I love seeing what the guys are doing, and um, you know, I've got Euclid guys, you know, now they're married and kids, and and the guys that are coaching. Um, so some of the guys I coached at Euclid are now in the high school ranks. I've got some of my Gilmore guys are coaching in the college ranks. Uh, Ryan Connors at uh, Cal. And um, Drew Case is at West Virginia coaching, so it's nice to see that type of thing. Having my son coaching on staff, and all the guys he grew up with that would run around my house when they are little, like Brad bros and Kenny Strab. Those guys are all getting ready to graduate college. And
0: I'm getting out You're making me Yeah, see, so. it happens
2: quick. You don't even know it. You blink of an I'm of eye. going
0: gray, I'm Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah,
2: just seeing that stuff and seeing guys progress. Like right now, you know, one of our seniors, the Side, who's Really working hard in the weight room. And he was a guy as a as a freshman, we were trying to push and motivate. And he's really growing into a leader and uh, putting in some extra time and now it's his turn to be that senior and you know you talked about the recruiting stuff with you know Ryan graduated early he'll be taken off the pit um here pretty soon and uh Spoth is now over his injury and getting ready to get going out of Toledo and um and not just guys that are involved in football but like I said the guy's getting married and you know Zane yeah, still like comes you, over weddings yeah like yeah that stuff's awesome Zane's still uh he does a little side thing where he like um details boats. So I call him up every spring go. and Zane comes over a free and free job. Well, I, I, <laughs> I pay him. He's not doing it for free. I'm not gonna ask I that. Do wrong, <laughs> but yeah, you know, and uh, Owen Schaefer and uh Ryan Rolling that group and um, you know, just seeing all these guys out there doing all their stuff, and uh, Logan Shreve's who just ran for city council. Yeah, he's yeah, running a lot of youth that. league stuff, and,
0: and you're bringing up names that I just haven't seen or ever heard yeah. of these guys in a while. Yeah, the
2: fact that he threw his name in the in the out there and put himself out there to run for city council, and he runs a uh, him and his brother do a great job with our youth sports, and he's coaching middle school sports for us in football. Oh, great.
1: That's great. And,
2: yeah, so that that's the stuff. That is there any one moment that Not really. Um, if you're strictly talking X's and O's, it's those big moments that you talk about, you know, those big wins and, you know, a beating South type of thing or making the playoffs and winning in the playoffs. And, you know, those those things are fun and exciting, but the more meaningful stuff for those, those relationships. All
0: right, as we knew then, uh, Coach Dodd, you will be the fourth person to sign my coach's wall over your right? Awesome, they over here. Love it. Go ahead and sign that bad boy just anywhere on the wall, yeah, over over there somewhere. Like yep, Creel and Hicks, yeah. and yep, yeah. and Butchko over there. As I've said in previous shows, um, each coach that will, will that I have on the show will have the opportunity to sign the coach's wall, um. I also want to thank to all our listeners and viewers uh, to follow our podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Uh, before we end the show, Coach, um, I always end with this question: Who is Coach Dodd for the listeners and viewers who might not know you on a regular basis? Who is Coach Dodd?
2: Oh boy, a lot of layers of that one. <laughs> um, different roles, you know: husband, father, teacher, coach. Uh, but as a person. Um, Hopefully, I, I, I use this line with the, with the kids a lot and with my staff. I, I just hope two things, if they ever wanted to put anything on my 2 just as far as the, the coaching side of things, is somebody that really, truly cared and somebody that tried really, really hard. Um, those, those are two things that I try to take a lot of pride in, that, that I really, truly care about kids, the, the community that I'm involved in, um, I care about the game of football and, and it's played right and hopefully coach right. You know, I'll be judged by that when, when my career is over and um, that nobody can ever say, boy, he was lazy or didn't, didn't really try or give effort. Now, I hope, I hope the effort, not only me, but our staff is really kind of shows and, and is known. And, um, you know, as far as uh, words, um, I'm a, a passionate guy, an intense guy, uh, a resilient guy, um and relentless are probably some words that just things I've had experienced through life take a great deal of pride in in those areas of life and then um, some of the negatives I think it's important to to be able to to self-analyze' I'm, I'm very impatient <laughs> and I'm very stubborn. Uh so my family and my coaching staff could probably attest to uh, and yeah, I tend to like control a little bit. So I gotta work on that a little bit. So uh, my staff if they when they chime in, they'll I feel
0: like uh, if if any of your people on staff became a head coach, I'm sure they would be very uh, you know, yeah. the same way you are. So yeah, you have
2: to have a little bit of that. Um and I try to be uh, self-aware of those things and work on those things and work on those flaws and and acknowledge them and um. So I, I, that that's kind of how I view it, and I'll let everybody else judge it on the outside. But
0: Absolutely. Well, Coach, I thank you again for once being oh, here. I appreciate, I appreciate it, my friend. Time. Um, this is the first time I'm announcing it right now after we just sat down with Coach Dodd. Uh, tune in next week for Episode 5, The Buzz of the Town. We sit down with Asheville Lakeside Head Football Coach Buzz Edwards. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you later. Welcome
1: to... Approach, a podcast where we sit down with high school coaches and get the cold, hard facts about the high school coaching world. This is The Coaches Approach, where we talk X's and O's. Follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. This is The Coaches Approach, where we talk the X's and O's. Win the day or dominate the day. The choice is yours.